Guys, hey, how you doing? My name is Travis. Uh, six years ago, I planted a church in Richmond, Virginia, and we've seen God do amazing things. And I'm a part of what's called the Church Multiplication Network, CMN. Uh, we are the, the church planning arm of the Assemblies of God. And what we do is that we go around the country and we just start local churches everywhere. We, we believe this, that the local church is the hope of the world. And we want to see God's church fulfilled. And so what one of the things that we do is that we go to campuses, lively and vibrant campuses like this. And we want to talk to you all about church planning and the, the amazing amazing power of the local church. No matter what you're majoring in, no matter if you're a teacher or a nurse or whatever it is, or anything in between, what we want to do is say, hey, once you get involved uh, in a local church so that we can see God's kingdom established here on this earth. And uh, we have an amazing speaker. It's actually my wife. Uh, and so it's really rare I get to hear her preach. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to hearing her uh, share the word of God. And she has an amazing and powerful story. So would you all just welcome to the stage my beautiful wife, Brittany Jones. Good morning, North Central University. I'm just super, super honored to be with you this morning. Um, like Travis said, my name is Brittany, and we get to lead an incredible church in Richmond, Virginia. Together we planted um, in 2017 with our two beautiful girls, Jalen and Jada, and we have a gangster golden doodle. Uh, you probably wouldn't assume that golden doodles can be gangster, but he is a little bit gangster. He's supposed to be my emotional support dog, but he does not support me as well as I would hope. Um, but God has been faithful. I am a girl from the middle of the ghetto. I did not know that God could use somebody like me to plant a church, but here I I am in the middle of Richmond, Virginia, planting a life-giving church, and God has been faithful. I do have a word for you. I believe that God wants to bring freedom to all of our lives. If you believe that today, I want you to lock in with me this morning. I just want to take a few minutes to share a word that I believe that is going to be transformative, not only to my life, but I believe to your life. And it's found um, in the book of John. And the goal of the book of John is to encourage all of us to believe. And I want to encourage and echo that same message today, that if you've walked in the room and maybe you've had a hard time believing that God can bring freedom to your life, maybe you've had a hard time believing that somebody from where you're from and maybe the things that you've walked through, that God can bring freedom to somebody like you, I just want to remind you today that God can do it, that God wants to bring freedom to you, that it is, it is his goal to bring freedom to your life. That's what he does. And so we're going to look at John 11. Uh, John 11 is a story of Lazarus. And it starts with this story of this man named Lazarus who was ill. And his sisters came, and he, they're, they're looking for Jesus. And they're saying, hey, Jesus, my brother whom you love is sick. He's sick. He's ill. Can you come and heal him? And they're telling him about their sick brother. And they knew that Jesus loved Lazarus. And so they're telling him, hey, Jesus, please come and heal my brother. And Jesus says in verse 6, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place that he was. Now, this is Jesus who loves Lazarus, who loves us. He's a good shepherd, but he stayed two days longer in the place that he was. And I believe that God had a plan. And I believe that God shows us a roadmap to freedom. And it's unlikely because why would he stay in the place that he was rather than just healing Lazarus on the spot? So we're going to take a look at, at John 11, verse 32. If you have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen as well. John eleven thirty two 32 says, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They say to him, said to him, Lord, come and see. So Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have, kept, have good kept him, kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone laid against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So, that, so they took the stone away, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he heard, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out with his hands and feet bound with linen strips. And his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. God offers real freedom. And he gives us the roadmap in the story of Lazarus. It's more like a blueprint. And we see it in this narrative. See, I look back at verse 6 and I see that Jesus stayed for two more days in the place that he was. And I wonder, like, Jesus, how could you stay in a place two more days? It's because he had a plan. And he told Martha and Mary that you're going to see the glory of God. And sometimes we look at our life and we take a look and we say, God, but where were you? Because I'm much like that. I look at my life and my story. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I sometimes look at that and I say, God, where are you? Because I'm praying big, bold prayers. And I'm asking you to bring healing. God, where are you? And I recognize that God's plan is so much bigger than my plan. See, I'm looking for this physical healing, but God is healing my perspective. Because there's people like me that are out in the world that struggles with mental illness or maybe struggle in their physical body. And I'm not saying that God can't, and I'm sure that God will. But in the middle of it, I'm going to worship him still. And then I'm going to show the world out there that God is bigger than an illness. So some of us are looking for an answer. God, where are you? You didn't do it how I said you were. And God said, hey, you're going to see my glory revealed. The first thing that I believe that God shows us in his roadmap is that we have to let things die. See, it wasn't accidental that he just skipped over Lazarus. Oh, no, I love him. I love him, but I'm going to just I'm gonna hang out for a little bit. I'm going to just let him. No, he let things die. He doesn't just want to heal you. He wants to resurrect something in you. So while you're waiting, what in you needs to die? What in you have you been holding on to and you're asking God to touch? And he's saying, no, I need that to die in you. So maybe there's a control on the inside of you. Maybe there's some pain that you've been hanging on to because it's comfortable. So you came to gloss it over and God's saying, hey, I need that to die. It wasn't an accident. It was on purpose. And so there's some things in, in, in you because he loves you. He wants those things to die in you. What happened to Lazarus in the physical, God wants to do to us in the spiritual. The old man must die in order for something new to arise. The second thing I believe that Jesus did in the story, he said, roll the stone away. Now, I'm sure that was a pretty heavy stone, right? He said, roll the stone away. 
Now, many of us are much like the sisters where they're like, wait a minute, pause, hold up. He's been dead four days. You know that's going to stink? There's no embalming. Like, there's none of that that was happening. Roll the stone away, he says. Roll the stone away, and it's going to smell bad, and I've said those things too. No, that's going to sting a little bit. That's going to hurt a little bit. Let me just remind you that God can heal what you're willing to reveal. Roll the stone away. When they rolled the stone away, it revealed what was on the inside. And maybe in your own story, you're afraid to reveal the hurts, the aches, the pains, the things that you've walked through. So you came to North Central University to start over, to start your career. We get our education. You know, I want to do some things that maybe my family's not doing. I'm the first in my family to go to college. I want to do all of these things, right? And then the Lord brings you here today on October 5th to remind you to roll the stone away. God can heal what you're willing to reveal. So what is it in your life that you're forgetting about, that you're trying to push to the side? I know what those things were for me as a little girl who was abused. And so I tried to just, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be better because I watched my family deal with drug addiction. I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna do better. I'm not gonna be like the people around me. You know, I was abused for 10 years of my life, so I remember what it was like to be in so much pain. And I wanted to hang on to that pain. I wanted to cover it up. I remember as a little girl coming into the house, and I had my red blanket that I still own to this day, and I would cover myself with my blanket over my head because I didn't want anybody to see the real me. Because the person that they took over and they, that they tried to control, I felt like if anybody came in the room and they saw me, they would try to control me. And so I would cover myself up until the Lord reminded me that he wants to heal the real me. But first thing I have to do is reveal it. And I know it's painful. I'm talking to you from a person that has had to walk that story on my own, where I had to open up my mouth and say I felt the depths of pain. And I don't know what your pain is, students, faculty, I don't know what your pain is. I'm talking from a very real place. This is not me just doing a speech. This is me really saying to you, I know what it's like to walk through a painful situation and not want to reveal it because of the people sitting next to me. I know what it's like to walk through things because I'm a church planter and we're starting this brand new church and I know that people may not follow me because I'm supposed to be the pastor and we got to be up here. I just didn't want to do it that way. Because I knew that there were going to be people in the seat sitting right next to me that were broken and hurting. And it was going to take a boldness out of me to say, I need it too. But let me model it to you. God can heal what you're willing to reveal. And he wants to. That's the thing about freedom. God wants to offer that to you. But he only wants to do it when you're willing to say, God, I'm, I'm aching. I'm hurting. I'm broken. And so he said, roll the stone away, and I know it's going to smell like death, but exposing it is the first step to freedom. You got to expose it. You know, Martha is, is us because we all point out the obvious. And imagine if when she said, it, it smells like death, it's going to smell bad, and, and Jesus was like, yeah, you're right, just keep it there. You're right, it, it's that. You're right, it stank a little bit. You're right. Just keep it right there. Nah, roll it away. Roll it away. The third thing I believe that we learn from this text, Jesus said something I think is profound. We probably all heard this, like, y'all went to church plays before? Most of y'all went to church plays, right? 
Some of y'all, none, none of y'all went to church plays? Okay, some of y'all, thank y'all, okay. You went to church, right, thank you, I appreciate it. You went to church plays, right? And you heard on the, on the speaker, Lazarus, come forth. Some of y'all. So I went to these church plays, right? And that was like the one thing that I heard big. And, and in my mind, Lazarus came out, bust out like this. I'm here, right? Lazarus came out, and he came out big. And so Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. When Jesus called Lazarus to come out, he was saying, I want a resurrection for you, not just resuscitation for you. See, resuscitation says that he can bring you back, but you come back as the same person. Resurrection says, I'm going to bring you back, but you're going to be a new man. So Lazarus bust out, right? But he came back new. Lazarus came out new. Some of you need the resurrection and not just resuscitation. And I know we like to just like, hey, I want to be, be back the way that I used to be. Back in 2019, I had to go to a treatment for an eating disorder. And I remember going to treatment and thinking that, okay, once I get back, everything's going to be easy breezy. That was probably one of the hardest seasons of my life. I had to leave my family. I had to leave my children. I had to leave my church. And I actually had to stand in front of people and say, I have an issue. And it wasn't really the hard part of saying, I have an issue, but it was exposing the issue because everybody could see it. Nobody just wanted to admit what they could see. But then it was going to get help. And the hardest part was when I came back and had to walk in the healing that I was claiming. So I came back and I'm like, hey, all right, I'm healed. I'm better. I went back. I got some help. But I was trying to live in the same patterns the way that I lived before I went to get treatment. So I'm doing all the same things that I was doing before. See, resurrection says I got to come back and I got to be different. Resuscitation would have said I went to treatment and I got help and I'm still doing the same eating patterns. I'm walking the same lifestyle. I'm hanging out with the same people, talking the same talk. Resurrection says, Brittany, you got to do it different. You got to do it different. You got to live different. You got to be different. You got to talk different. You got to walk different. You got to do everything different. And I came back and I remember the first couple months being incredibly hard. I didn't want to do it different because I liked my lifestyle before. And then eventually I realized that I was missing out on so much life because I was trying to stay in the same patterns and the same habits. And eventually it clicked that I had to live in the new that God was putting me in. And when I did, I remember walking into my therapist's office, and I looked over, and I saw she had these red chairs. I'm like, when did you get those red chairs? And she said, I've always had those red chairs. You're just now seeing life in color. That's what resurrection does. You see life differently when you walk in the new that God has for you. You see life in color. And we're so busy sometimes trying to live a certain way and trying to do the things that we're used to doing because it's comfortable. I remember trying to walk in a level of control. And when you let go and you allow God and the Holy Spirit to control every move that you make, everything that you do, you walk in new. And so when Jesus said, Lazarus, come out, he was a new man. He wasn't the old Lazarus. See, he could have healed him instantly back in John Eleven six, but that would have been easy for him. He wanted he wanted you to see the glory of God. Resurrection. My last point, worship team, you can come back up. One of the things that I love about this scripture is that he doesn't leave us with Lazarus busting out 
and coming out, and, and, and we're all seeing resurrection happen, and we're seeing the glory of God. And for you, what that means for your life is you get to live in the new. And not only that, but you've, you, you have to let something die in your life, right? You let something die, and then you come out, and God's resurrecting something in you. But the last thing I want to share with you today is found in the final verse. I'm going to read it to you. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 38. Jesus, deeply moved, again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and then he says, take away the stone. Lord, by this time, there will be an odor for it. He's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of everybody around me that they would believe that you sent me. And then he says this. When he said these things, he's cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out with his hands and his feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And this is what Jesus said to them. Unbind him and let him go. What's great is that when Lazarus came out, he didn't come out like crip walking himself. He didn't come out like doing a robot and like, hey, I'm here. He came out actually with his feet bound, his arms bound, his mouth was covered. What we learn in this text is that he was alive, but he didn't have liberty. See, he was alive. Jesus told him to come out, but he yet had liberty until Jesus said, now you unbind him and let him go. The amazing thing about Jesus is that he always allows us to participate in the miracle that we want to see. So it wasn't just Jesus, hey, you're free, go away. He said to you and I, unbind him and let him go. Would you stand to your feet? Many of you are in this room, and if you're anything like me, you've walked through life. And maybe you, your story doesn't look anything like me, but you are thinking in this moment, what do I need freedom from? What is God doing in my own heart? And if you're not thinking that, maybe you should be thinking that in this moment. Because each of us need to take an introspective look and say, Lord, what, what do you want to do in my own heart? But the reality is, is that even though there's some things in us that we have to let die, and then we got to take a step forward and participate in the miracle that we want to see, God allows each of us to tag along with each other so that you can be a part of someone else's miracle. So he's saying, unbind him and let him go. So you're not completely liberated until you locked arms with somebody that you can help unravel. That's why you have community. Complete freedom happens with accountability and community. So when you're surrounded by people, I know there have been moments in my life where I wanted to keep my sin secret, where I wanted to keep my pain secret. I wanted to keep my things secret, but you know, shame thrives in isolation. So when we're walking through pain, it thrives in the moment that we're most quiet. So when you're sinning and when you're struggling and when you have painful things in your life, when I'm walking through my eating disorder, when I'm struggling with depression, I know that the enemy wants nothing more than to give me a counterfeit of freedom. The counterfeit that the enemy wants to give me is that it's okay, you're good. But Jesus offers true freedom. And that's what he wants to offer you today. And he's saying, you got to come out, Lazarus, come out. And then you unbind him and let him go. So accountability unbinds him and let him go. But you got to take the first step. 
Would you bow your head and close your eyes? If you're in the room today and anything that I said just really resonated with your heart, there's something in your heart that you just need the Lord to minister to. You need freedom in your heart. Maybe you're wrestling, you're struggling with something, and you've been asking God to bring healing to you. Would you just lift up your hand? And I'm going to pray for you. I see your hands. Father, I just thank you. You are so good. And God, your heart and your desire to offer lasting freedom for every single person represented in this room. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray healing. I pray freedom, God. I pray breakthrough in this room. I pray, God, that you begin to move right even now, God, that the person with their hands raised, God, would not walk out of this room without experiencing the power and the freedom of Jesus. We thank you, God, and I thank you, God, that there is a Lazarus moment happening right now. Lazarus, come out, God. We thank you for what you're doing. And, Father, I thank you for the freedom that only you can offer. God, we thank you, God, that we don't have to accept a counterfeit, but we accept your true freedom. We thank you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen. Thank you so much, North Central.